Hello, welcome uh, people of the world, and it is the world. We've got listeners in the States. This is the episode two of the Ben Briggs podcast. I am Ben Briggs. It's all in the name. Who needs a jingle? Who needs anything when you've got that sort of tagline to your podcast? Holy fucking shit. It's uh second episode. It's nice to be back. Um back with another airwave atrocity uh coming in your ears right now that sounded a bit uh sounded a bit too fruity to start the old second podcast with there ben and it is indeed uh carpe diem the shit out of this podcast at the moment that's it seizing that day sucking the marrow out of the podcast life as robin williams said in uh, dead poet society inspiration what an inspiration right up until until he killed himself so uh yeah you lost me a bit there at the end there robin yeah like the early stuff your later stuff kind of sort of like lost me a little bit towards the end there but uh that's what they say don't they live every day as your last that's it and that's what i'm doing right now coming at you with this podcast living every day like my last you know, just inviting my family round so they can just fight over my possessions as if I'm gone. <laughs> oh, I hate people who post that sort of shit on social media. Hate them. You've got to do something better than posting that shit, surely. Because all you're doing, you see them posting that shit. Live every day like your last. Nobody can hurt you unless you let them. That's one of the ones, isn't it? Nobody can... I'd love to go over to those people who post that whilst they're having the shit kicked out of them and just whisper in their ear. You really don't want to let them do that to you. You really want to stop letting them uh, hurt you like that, really, a little bit. Um, Yeah, so... uh, Because you're just waiting for the breakdown. That's it. You're just waiting for that breakdown because you know the sort of person they are. They're not those... They're not like major players in industry they're not like pushing the boundaries of art or culture are they they're just a little bit depressed i guess they're just a little bit depressed aren't they just seizing that day because you know the breakdown's coming isn't it seize the day they're posting one day two days later i'm so alone right now there it is (laughs) there's the real you Seize that misery, person. Seize that misery right now. No one lives like that, do they? No one lives like it's their last day. Can you imagine what that would be like? Because we're meant to be practical, aren't we? It's nice. It's a nice thought, isn't it? It's a nice thought. Live every day like your last. It's a lovely thought, but it's just not practical. Oh, shit. I lived yesterday like it was my last day. Oh, shit, I'm skint. I've given all my stuff away. I've got nothing. I'm 42 years old. I've got a mortgage. I gave my house to other people to live in. I'm homeless. I've got no clothes. Nothing. No money. Ah, shit. I've got another 40 years of this shit to live through. Ah. The closest I ever get to living life like it's my last day is when I've got a cold and I buy a shitload of paracetamol. That's it. And you walk that thin, fine line, don't you? between just taking enough to make me feel better and not taking too much that I slip into a coma. (laughs) 
Ah, four hours. Fuck it. I'll be all right. I'll take another couple. Four hours between doses. Nah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Feeling a bit drowsy now. Feeling a bit drowsy. I'll just have a little sleep and hopefully I'll wake up. <laughs> anyway, what a way to start. What a way, dark way to start the podcast this, uh, this episode. Fucking great. Okay, uh, did you have a good week, people? I hope you did. I've had a busy week this week gigging, which has been nice. Um, did you, I hope you had a good week working your nine till five. Did you enjoy that? Clocking in, clocking out all week? Yeah? And now it's the weekend, Saturday. Saturday, the 11th of May. Holy shit, the weekend's here upon us. This is what uh, why you're working all week, people, so you can, you know... Collect those pennies and keep alive with all your food and stuff you're going to buy with it. Um, it's been a good week. It's been a good week for me. Busy week this week. So um been a cracking week for the old footy this week, hasn't it? Hey, I don't know if you've been watching the football people, but Jesus Christ, a couple of cracking comebacks this week. Liverpool, the comeback kids, fucking fantastic result. And Spurs as well. All England final in the Champions League. Looking forward to it. I've got a mate, actually, who's actually bought tickets to go and see the final. He's a Spurs supporter. And, uh, yeah, he's fucking paid like two and a half grand to go and see him. Two and a half grand. I don't know, man. I don't know whether it's worth going over there to see that. It'd be a cracking final, though. Um, but, yeah, it's been a good week for the old 40. Nice week for gigs for me. Nice and busy. Had a nice uh, home gig on Thursday night as well in the Thampton. Five minutes away from the house. Can't believe that. Five minutes away from Briggs Towers for the Comedy Crate Boys. Mike and KJ. Give a shout out to them. Good old boys. Uh, it was a nice gig. It was a nice gig. It's always a bit weird doing a, a local gig because you get uh, you get people come down who you know. A couple of people. Uh, Simon Morgan and Spike, old Spike boy, was there. Um, yeah, so it was uh, it was a nice gig, man. It was all right. Um, I was just doing a twenty set down there, um, and it was all right. I did uh, newer stuff, which is always a bit, always a bit of a worry, man. See if people will go with it. New stuff about race uh, in front of a full white audience. Few twitchy assholes in the audience. Few assholes going. It always gets a bit weird being a white guy talking about race, particularly being as I've got a skinhead as well. Because people don't know which way it's going to go these days. They don't know. So you have to set your stall out early and then see what you can get away with. Not that it's majorly, uh, not that it's racist. It's just discussing race. And like everything these days, everybody clams up. Because nobody wants to have that ping finger pointed at them, do they? Or that pinger. <laughs> I don't want that finger pointed at them, do they? You know, you don't want to be a Danny Baker. <laughs> Fucking hell, he fucked up this week, didn't he, eh? Jesus. Of all the things you could post. Of all the things you could post this week. Danny Baker. Fucking skyrockets. Straight to the top of Twitter and straight out of a job. That's what you do. <laughs> that's how you want if you want to commit career suicide just post something a racist picture up about the royal the new royal baby that's come out that's literally just come out this week 
Jesus Christ, man. What was that geezer thinking? Did it not even cross his mind? Hang on a minute. Does it, is he not just aware of, like, what's gone on, like, over the last few years, you know, with how people have been witch-hunted in social media? And he's just thought, ah, oh, post this. Ah, oh, it's a picture. Like, it's, uh, it's the new royal babies come out. I'll just post a picture of, um, uh, like, a, a small chimpanzee in clothing being let out. That's fine. No need to research the, um racial uh, origins of either of the parents, it'll be fine. <laughs> you fucked up, buddy. Ah, oh, Jesus. But he has apologised, I suppose, hasn't he? But it's never going to go away. He ain't getting that job back, baby. Not for uh, not for shit. Um, so, yeah, that was funny. But the actual gig in Northampton, uh, well, not funny. It's fucking, like, horrendous, isn't it? Jesus. I don't know what was crossing his mind, man. But uh, the gig in Northampton was nice. It went well. Did the race stuff. They went with it. It was quite nice. And actually hung around after the gig. I know. I know. I never do that. I actually hung about. I didn't just do my set and then piss off into the sunset like I usually do. I hung around. had a bit of beer. Bought for me uh, by uh, Mike Chase. The beer buyer, uh, the, one of the lads who uh, runs the comedy crate in Northampton, um, hung around with a Budweiser, watched the headliner. So, um, yeah, so that was all right. And then I had a little bit of a chat with people afterwards, doing a bit of socialising. Get me? Fucking hell. Um, yeah, so that was a, it was a nice gig, nice audience, quite an older audience down there, the old comedy crate guys. Bit of a... You know, one cold winter could end that gig, man. That's it. But um, it was uh, it was it was a fun gig, man. And it's no, it was nice to kind of like hang around like afterwards and have a beer and speak to a few people, catch up with people, catch up with old Spike who I haven't seen for ages, man. Well, not really talked to for ages. I saw him. Uh, we used to like I've, I must have known him twenty five years. We were back dating how we knew each other. Um, from the old days of the clicker, when we used to drink underage at the clicker, uh, which was an estate pub um, that I used to, where you have, it's one of those pubs where you can get your first drink in. You know, you walk in there at the age of like 16, 17, and the landlord doesn't give a fuck. So you just, um, you know, you get your little nest there, don't you? Somebody brave enough will go in and see if they can get served. And then you get your little nest in there and then you get in with everybody. And then the next minute you're 30 years old and you're still drinking in the same pub. And your wife is coming in with uh, your clothing because uh, in, in plastic bags because you've pissed her off. Not that that happened to me, but I saw it happen quite a few times in that pub, I tell you. Oh, the old wrathful wife coming in. Having a go. One of the geezers there uh, literally had all his clothes sacked up and sat down in front of him, and he didn't give a fuck. He was too pissed to care, I think. So uh, eventually that place closed down, I think. Uh, oddly enough, well, not oddly enough, um, to have a yin and yang situation with that pub, um, it's now a Muslim community centre. That is uh, That click there was all of the races just switching off. Uh, <laughs> from the podcast 
but yeah, it's a Muslim uh, community center now. It's always losing money, and I suppose that's the only way it could be associated with a profit. Oh, my God. I've just done a pun. Second episode in, I've just done a pun. Shoot me. Shoot me immediately. <laughs> But it was uh, it was it was nice to reminisce with old Spike about the old times, and um, basically uh, both of us uh, trying to work out who we still see from those days, and neither of us really see anybody. No contact. <laughs> That's the way it goes, though, isn't it? Hey, you just fuck those people off out of your life and move on. That's it. But it was nice to see Spike, uh, and uh, he used me as a taxi service on the way home. That should never happen, should it? That should never happen. I got sucked into that one, man. How are you getting back to where you live? Oh, I live near there. Are you going to get a taxi? No, I'm driving. And then you feel obliged. But it was all right. It was all right. It was a good old boy. <laughs> but he suckered me into a lift home um, rather than having a taxi. Oh, Jesus. Them old times back at that pub. Jesus, the amount of times we used to run from a taxi. Oh, oh God, that's an exciting experience. If you've never done that before in your life, you've got to be out. You've got to do that at least once in your life. Run from a taxi. You probably can't do it these days, though, can you? Like if you get an Uber or something, they've got all your fucking contact details on phone and that, and you've already paid. <laughs> and they'll charge you anyway for it. But yeah, oh, there was an art to it. There's an art to running from a taxi. You have to. Uh, you have to either go somewhere with little rat runs and get dropped off near where you are or go to a cash point. That used to be the thing. I used to get dropped off at a cash point. And then they open the doors, unlock the doors, and you say, I'll oh, just get the money out of the cash point there. All right, mate. And then as soon as they unlock the doors in the taxi, boom, go, head down, keep running, keep running, keep running. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't see the angry taxi driver. And just keep on running back and somehow try and justify to yourself that you haven't just uh, stolen a taxi ride off somebody and that he he probably found it funny anyway, which he probably didn't. But it is one of the most exhilarating experiences, which I'll never do again now. I'm too old. I'll probably get out of the taxi and pull my ligaments or something like that and have to turn around and take a beating and then have to pay for the taxi anyway. Not that you can these days, I suppose. Like, they've got all your details. They've got your mobile phone details and everything, haven't they? You're not anonymous anymore, are you? That's the thing. You're not anonymous, so you wouldn't be able to get away with it. <laughs> oh, dear. Everything's changing, isn't it? Takes all the fun out of everything technology, doesn't it? That's what, like, driverless cars will be as well. That driverless cars sound like they're a good idea, but they're not because they're... They 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 are underestimating how fun driving can actually be. It's fucking great sometimes. Driving can be some of the fun. You take a corner a little bit too fast, shit yourself up a little bit. One of the best things in driving, actually, talking about shitting things up, one of the best things about driving is when you see a pedestrian crossing the road in front of you and you speed up a little bit just to shit them up. You're not going to hit them. You're not... A, you're not a psychopath. You're not going to spray them across your bonnet or anything like that or just run them over. But just shit them up a little bit just so they have to, like, increase the speed of the speed of their stepping towards the uh, the pavement on the other side of the road. 
just to give him that little shit up a little bit. Maybe give him a little bit of the horn like that. Act a bit self-righteous as if they're in the wrong. You haven't deliberately sped up just to shit him up. <laughs> it's one of the greatest feelings about driving, that is. Just shitting people up a little bit. Or what, or what you do, you, or if you've got somebody who's been a bell end behind you at lights or something like that, or been tailgating you for ages at lights, and you get stopped on a red, and you're at the front of them, and they're behind you, just fake that you can't start your car. Just fake that you can't start your car right until the lights go amber, and then you go through them and leave them on red. Is that it? Is that how the sequence goes? Amber, red, red, amber, green, amber. Yeah. When it goes, uh, you sit there on green, it changes to amber, then you gun it, get through there before you hit the red light and leave them on a red light. Ah, oh, the feeling of that, once you've done that, probably pop, wind down the window, pop a little finger out to them. You've got to make sure the next set of lights ain't on red as well. That's where you can fuck up a little bit sometimes, and they are not happy with that. But just leaving somebody there, just taking that two, three minutes of them waiting at a red light because they've annoyed you. Oh, one of the best feelings. One of the best feelings about driving. That's all going to go, people. With self-driving cars, that's all going to go. It's all going to be handled for you. You're going to be cruising around 50 miles an hour, sitting there like a like some sort of monarch just being ferried around. Takes all the fun out of it, man. All of the fun. But anyway, this week, what have I been up to apart from gigging um, this week? Um, doing a few bits and bobs, really. Doing a few bits and bobs. Been learning that the internet can actually be interesting at times as well. I know. I know. I clicked on some clickbait this week. Clicked on the clickbait like we all do, don't we? We all fall for the titles. You'll never believe what happened. You'll never believe. That's always the tagline on it, isn't it? You'll never believe this shit. This shit is going to blow your fucking mind. That's what it all is, isn't it? And then you click on the little picture or something like that, and then you go on the next, and you have to hit next and next and next, and they keep moving the next around, so you click on all the fucking adverts, and the adverts come up, and they get paid a fortune, and you just lose your time. But... Um, yeah, they always come out with a say, you'll never believe this happened. Mate, I will. I'm going to believe this happened. I've watched a dwarf fighting a kangaroo on the internet. You know, I've experienced shit with the internet. A dwarf fighting a kangaroo. It was fucking amazing. One of the best things I've ever seen. One of the best things. I'm going to believe this. What you got for me? That's what you do, isn't it? That's what you think to yourself. Okay, what you got for me? Let's test me. Test me. See if I'll uh, believe what happened. Well, one little wormhole went down. Actually surprised me this week. Uh, it was a story about uh, Julianne. Julie, it was 1971 or something like that. She was sucked out of a plane, fell two miles to the ground, strapped into a chair, and then, and then landed with a broken collarbone after falling two miles out of the sky and then spent 10 days in the Amazon jungle. Jesus, survived it. Fucking hell. That is one thing where I've clicked on and gone, actually, I don't believe that. This is a story. See if I can bring the story up. Let's have a look. 
On December the 24th, 1971, Kopec, I think that's a name anyway, it's a weird, Kopec and her mother were travelling from Lena, Lima to Pucalpa, oh Jesus Christ, the city with an airport closer um, to visit their family. Things were going well on the flight until they flew into a thunderstorm. The plane was struck by lightning and started going down. Yeah, things usually are going well on a flight, aren't they? Until that happens, until a plane starts going down. You know, it's across the board that things are going right with it. Kopech uh, remembers feeling the quiet freefall into the Peruvian jungle before she passed out as she <laughs> entered into the trees. That will wake you up, wouldn't it? Boom. Kopech landed without her mother and with a broken collarbone. She managed to drag herself from her seat and find a bag of candy to eat for sustenance. Nice. That's what you need. After falling two miles, just a bag of Skittles. Ah, oh, that'll see me through. This has been worthwhile. She was discovered by forestry workers on January 3rd, 1972. She'd been in the rainforest for 11 days. Jesus Christ. But, yeah, that actually surprised me this week. Something on the internet that actually uh, surprised me. Um, Other than fucking shopping on the internet. And that's what I do as well. Oh, man. That's what I've been doing this week as well. Burning through the cash uh, on the internet, as we all do. That's That's the new vice, isn't it? Like queuing things up to buy them when you've got the money. That's it. Internet shopping, oh, it's the devil's work, man. Um, because you you can't just shop anymore. You can't. It's not like like going into a like a, a regular storefront shop, is it? Because they want all your fucking details, and then they just hammer you with fucking emails and um, and text messages as well. Don't ever put your phone number in there, man. They just hammer you with text messages. You just can't just buy it and think, right, my relationship has ended with that company. All they need to do is deliver it and I can forget it. That's it. I bought two T-shirts from JD Sports. JD Sports, how needy are you, JD Sports? That's what I want to know. How needy are you? Why do you have to keep contacting me about stuff? I keep getting text messages. I bought two T-shirts. I got about eight text messages from them. Just saying, we have got your order. That was the first one. And you just think, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I like that. Everything's gone through. You've told me the transaction has happened. You've got my order. Then you get another text message. Your order has been accepted. Okay. I kind of worked that out from the first message. But thank you for confirming that my order has been accepted. Another text message. A little bit further through the day few hours later your order has been picked oh thank god thank god for that thank god my order's been picked and then it's just a procession of text messages coming at you your order is working its way through our warehouse alan is sitting on your order whilst he has a coffee at the moment claire is judging your order with other colleagues and they are all laughing at you alan's on a disciplinary now for taking too many coffee breaks just tell me you got the order and then just contact me again when I have to get off my ass to answer the door and sign for it. That's all I need from you. I don't need anything else. JD Sports with your needy little text messages. Yeah, we're not dating. You know, I don't need to know 
my orders, travel experience. It's not a student on a gap year or a long lost relative that I haven't seen for ages who's updating me about what they've been up to. Jesus. And I know they, th they think they do it through caring. Hang on, man. If we keep them up to date, this will increase brand loyalty. Not with me, it don't. Not with me. Just tell me my order has been confirmed and then just deliver the shit and then several ties with me until I need you again for cheap T-shirts. That's it. Someone's had that idea, haven't they? I remember I bought my washer-dryer. I bought my washer-dryer, and the year after I bought my washer-dryer, I got a uh, card from Zanussi saying, Happy birthday, you've had your washer-dryer for a year, and all they want to do is sell you another washer-dryer. That's it. If you can't make a product that makes a, that lasts a year, I don't think you're in the right washer dryer business, people. You know. Plus, a fact, um, you know, like they just wanted to um, sell me another washer dryer. That's all they wanted. I'm not opening an industrial laundry. The washer dryer will last for years. Am I going to get one of these cards every year? Just a begging, needy little letter trying to humanize my fucking washer dryer so I don't kick the shit out of it when it breaks down. Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Just leave me to it. Just leave me to it. Just several toys with me. When I need you again for something, I'll contact you. Let's leave it like that. But every fucking time, every company's trying to make a relationship with you these days. Fucking assholes. Ah, oh, dear. So, yeah. So that was that. That, that really uh, ground my gear, so to speak, this week. Just the constant fucking text messages coming through. Jesus. Anyway, um, what else? What else can we say? Oh, yeah, I did watch a, um, I watched a good documentary, actually, uh, on Netflix this week called Jailbirds. I don't know whether you've seen it. I think it came out on Netflix this week. Uh, Jailbirds is essentially a documentary about women um women in prison uh if you've uh, if you've got a liking for um people with um a long sentence and tattoos on their face then it is the documentary for you there i didn't realize so many people have tattoos on their faces i didn't realize that at all i thought yeah you get the odd you know weirdo who's got like something you get, you know, like the odd teardrop or something like that, and you think, oh, that's a bit weird, you know. Like I always think people like that are psychopaths who have a teardrop, like, tattooed on them. Like they can't really cry, but they've got to somehow communicate that they can have emotion before they drag you in, like, some bushes and butcher you. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a documentary about women, like, in prison, and it's just, oh. It's basically young kids. They're kids. These kids these kids, and they've decided to have tattoos on their faces. They've all got a street name, haven't they? They've all got a street name. One of the girls was called Monster. She's got Monster tattooed. That's, that's not a great name for a woman. I know, like, it's 2019 and that. I know. We're all equal. We're all out there. But Monster for a woman's name. I don't know, man. I'm not sure that's going to fly. I'm not sure how rehabilitated Monster is going to be. She's got a tattoo monster above her left eye, like that, in sort of uh, 
West Coast customs, like script or whatever, or uh, font, like above her eye, eyebrow. I'm not sure how rehabilitated she's ever going to get, to be perfectly honest. She got let out and stuff, but I don't know. She seemed to fit in in prison quite well, to be honest. You know, she's going to be in and out. She's going to be yo-yoing in and out of prison, is old monster, I think. She's not going to get a job. She's not going to get a normal job, is she? Not that a normal job is the be-all and end-all, but she ain't going to get like a re- Good afternoon. Welcome to Cartwright and Cartwright Solicitors. I'm Monster. How can I help you? It's not going to fly, is it? It's not going to fly in something like that. McDonald's. It's probably not going to fly in McDonald's, is it? You've got to serve out old Monster there, serving out the Happy Meals. I'm not sure that's going to fly that much. How many stars she's going to be able to gain? But, uh, yeah, they've all got street names in there. But the weird thing, what I, what, what I found about it, what I, I didn't know this, that they do this, and how, like, innovative that people are in prison because I suppose they've got nothing else to fucking think about all day and stuff like that. They actually talk to each other, like, from different floors, but they talk to each other because um, you've got women in the prison and you've got blokes in the prison as well. So, obviously, the blokes and the women are trying to, you know, flirt and all that sort of thing. Um, but uh, they talk, and this is how they communicate between the mi- women and the men. They call it, uh, like, talking on the balls. I know. I was perplexed at first. The first time I heard that, I was a bit perplexed. Um, but um, talking on the bowl is essentially what they uh, do. They empty the toilet of all the water, so there's just like, you know, the piping in there and there's no water to block the sound, and they get a couple of cups out and just talk through the fucking toilet system, all through the shit and piss and everything that's in those pipes, like the blokes and the women chat through there, talking on the bowl. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's got to be better ways, haven't there? Or just like think, yeah, I'm in prison. I'm probably not going to meet that many guys or that many women, really. I'll just serve my sentence and probably not talk through the shitty toilet system with each and everybody who was talking. Not all of them do it, but everyone who was talking through the fucking toilet system uh, had fucking scabs and fucking shit all over their face, you know. It's not going to give you a perfect complexion when you've got your head down a fucking toilet. But one of the funny things on there, uh, there was um, two women talking to the same guy, and he's, like, just promising them both the world. Like, I imagine they're talking at different times. Baby, I talked to you at 12, <laughs> and the other one, I talked to you at 1. But make sure you're off the toilet, yeah? I don't want you listening to the other girl. But um, one of the guys uh, got fucking busted. I think his name was Dollar. He had a street name Dollar. That was his name. And he's talking to a girl called Ebony and Katrina. Uh, talking to two girls, promising both the world, sending little pictures down there through the old piping system. Uh, and uh, he's talking to them, and they've both found out. And he's on the he's on the uh, on the bowl talking to Ebony, and oh, Katrina walks in. Katrina walks in and catches them. And then, obviously, like in any situation like that, it kicks off against the guy. They start having a go at the guy, but it's not a face-to-face thing. They're still through the toilet system. So old Katrina walks in, and she's shouting down a fucking toilet. (laughs) 
and old Dollar's the other end, having to listen to this literal shit that he's getting through the toilet system. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. A woman arguing with a guy down, and they're both shouting into a toilet bowl. Ah, oh, it was fucking beautiful. Just summed up every single argument I've ever had in a relationship ever. You're just talking into a shit fest. Ah, <laughs> oh, check it out, though. Check it out. Jailbirds on Netflix. It's fucking absolutely great. What time are we on? Fucking 32 minutes. Jesus, Ben, you've been chuntering on, on this one. Um, thanks. Uh, that is episode two done. I'm going to try and... Um, Hit 30 minutes on each one. So uh, we're now on um, Apple Podcasts as well. So we're on the Podbean site and we're on uh, Apple Podcasts as well. If you enjoy it, give us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast site. Uh, five stars is good. Anything less than that, probably don't bother because it's only five stars, I think, that flies on there. Um so I'm going to be doing this like every Saturday, every Tuesday. So if you enjoy it, uh, thanks a lot. And I'll speak to you uh, and check in with you on Tuesday. All right, guys, have a good weekend. Uh, this is me signing off. Cheers.